Bottom line in business. Voice America Business. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg on the phone. We'll bring her on in just a moment. But between Kathy and myself, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we're really excited today. We, our guest is Dr. Bob Rosen. And uh, Bob is the author of a book called Just Enough Anxiety. And it's a, he is an uh, internationally recognized psychologist, a best-selling author, researcher, and a business advisor to world-class companies. We'll get Bob to tell us more about that and some of the companies and what he does. He's also the founder and CEO of Healthy Companies International, and this is a Washington, D.C.-based research, education, and consulting firm whose mission is to honor and strengthen the qualities of wise leadership in individuals, organizations, and communities around the world. HCI delivers uh, leadership programs um, via the Internet to companies, governments, and colleges and associations around the world, and usually the Internet is a follow-up, and we'll get Bob to talk more about that. He mentioned he's got about 400 tools that, that after the uh, in-person people can use. Um, Dr. Rosen teaches corporate leaders how to recognize the obstacles and leverage the opportunities for new global uh, economy. And let me bring on my uh, co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Hi, Kathy. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. Everything's uh, going well here. It looks like we're going to have a great show with Dr. Robert Rosen. And we know, all of our listeners know, that the heartbeat of an organization um, are the leaders who generally tend to underestimate just how much influence they have over others. And as a result, sometimes they and their teams can underperform. But doing just a few things differently can really improve your performance and your organization. And in our program, we try to teach you in each and every show a little bit about how to develop more and better leaders in your company, a little bit about emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, and we're going to get some of those today from Dr. Robert Rosen. And we talk about the brain and neuroscience, generational differences, work-life balance practices, and strategies for managing yourself and others, plus and many more tools and tips. Relly, you want to talk a little bit about yeah. Bob? Yep. Um, and before we bring uh, Bob on, I just want to mention that Kathy and I, we always try to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders like Dr. Bob Rosen here. And we are very interested in evidence-based, research-based, best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And, Bob, can we have you say hello? Hello. How's everyone today? Great to have you. And My before pleasure. We, well, we have a list of questions that we want to ask you, but before we do, we just want to mention some of the evidence-based uh, research that we just talked about. Why do we talk so much about uh, leadership and leadership development news? Well, we know that leaders have 50 to 70% influence over the climate of their team. And because emotions are contagious, leaders are the emotional thermostat for their team. And we also know that the key to being a star performer, and that we define that as someone in the top 10%, is these uh, variety of emotional intelligence skills. 
the more the leader moves up the corporate ladder, the more they need some of these skills from emotional intelligence when compared to IQ and technical expertise. We also know, excuse me here, I just turned my page. You okay? Yes, I'm just <laughs> turning turn the page. <laughs> it was sticking together. We also know that leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as leaders in the 11th to the 89th percentile. And when you add coaching to training, training is also very valuable. Some of the research shows that training adds about a 22% increase in productivity. But when you add coaching to that, and both uh, Kathy and I are certified coaches, it can enhance uh, productivity by 88%. And we know that you can increase performance by as much as 77% while increasing life and professional satisfaction by as much as 50% with coaching. And if you're interested in more leadership and coaching information from Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2c leadership. She has happiness books, tools for her speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. And if you're interested in more information from me, uh, my website is www.truenorthleadership.com for emotional intelligence books, tools, speaking keynotes, and leadership and coaching boot camp. And Kathy, you want to bring on our guest for today? Oh, it would be an honor. Dr. Robert Rosen is the author of a brand-new book called Just Enough Anxiety. And as Relly said, he is an internationally recognized psychologist. He's a best-selling author, a researcher, and a business advisor to world-class companies and world-class leaders. Bob is the founder and the CEO of Healthy Companies International. It's a Washington, D.C.-based research, education, and consulting firm whose mission is to honor and strengthen the qualities of wise leadership in individuals, organizations, and communities around the world. We're so excited to have Bob uh, with us today. I, I met him uh, about six years ago over the Internet. We were introduced uh, by a mutual friend, um, Marshall Goldsmith. And uh, I know in working with Warren Bennis over the years, he's also mentioned Bob to me on a number of occasions. In 1991, Bob was awarded a, um, a very extensive six-year, multi-million-dollar grant from the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation to study leadership and healthy organizations. He's worked with companies in more than 30 countries, and I cannot name all of them. We would take the entire show to list all of the magnificent companies he's worked with, but just a few that might ring a bell for you are AT&T, Allstate, uh, Boeing, uh, Booz Allen Hamilton, Citibank, uh, Discovery Communications, Federated Department Stores, Johnson & Johnson, Merck, Motorola, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Rolls-Royce, USA Today. And I'm going to stop there because we'll just keep going on and on and on, and I want you to meet uh, Bob. He's um, very experienced. Bob is extremely um, good at teaching. Um, he is very understanding both of people and business, and he helps people and organizations to recognize the obstacles and to leverage the opportunities of the new global economy. In addition to his new book, Just Enough Anxiety, which we're going to talk about today, Bob has written uh, several other books, including Global Literacies, Lessons on Business Leadership and National Culture by Simon & Schuster. And by the way, this book was chosen as one of Fortune Magazine's best business books. Another book he's written is called Leading People, Transforming Business from the Inside Out, and that one I remember well from Viking Press. 
And uh, that book, by the way, was cited by the Wall Street Journal as one of the most recommended books in its field. And, of course, The Healthy Company, Eight Strategies to Develop People, Productivity, and Profits, uh, was uh, with Putnam. And that's the one that Warren Bennis declared uh, absolutely a must-read. Um, it's so great to have Bob with us today. He has been cited in many magazines, including Business Week, Fortune, The Washington Post, The Wall Street Journal, Financial Times. He's appeared on lots of networks, CNN, CNBC, PBS, um, CBS, uh, NPR, Bloomberg Television. He, he lectures all over the world and at business conferences for the top organizations in our field. And he, uh, by the way, received his BA also in behavioral sciences from the University of Virginia. And uh, he also has a PhD in clinical psychology from the University of Pittsburgh. I just found out today that both of us are from Philly and both of us have a degree in behavioral sciences. That's more than enough reason to like each other. And I want to introduce you to Mr. Robert Rosen. It's a pleasure, and uh, I should take you all around and uh, help me do my marketing. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, we want you to feel good, and we want you to um, really understand that we're thrilled to have you here. We, we are very honored uh, to have you, and your presence um, is just a, a reflection of the terrific experience that you've brought to our industry. And I know Raleigh and I have a million questions to ask you, but I'm going I'm to be kind here and give Raleigh some airspace. Okay, thank you, Kathy. Well, Bob, we have a series of, of questions. So we usually like to start off general, um, and then we'll get more specific, especially about your book. But tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came into the, the field of leadership development, given your uh, BAs in clinical psychology, uh, similar to mine. I'm just interested in how you made that bridge. Sure. Well, I was trained as a psychologist and uh, a clinical psychologist and particularly a child psychologist. And uh, I was uh, at the National Children's Hospital and I was playing shoots and ladders with a little five-year-old boy and he started beating me and I started competing with him and I said, I've got to get the hell out of this business. <laughs> so I, I went to a headhunter. Uh, I didn't have any money at the time and I took him out to lunch. I told him my story and he said, why don't you do what you were trained to do but stand up? And it was one of these great gifts that sort of reframed uh, my profession and said, you know, I had some knowledge about psychology and people and behavioral science, and I could bring it out into the world if I stepped out of the office. And that was really the start of my career. And uh, uh, then I started working with the uh, business roundtable, and as a consultant, and uh, hundreds of large Fortune 500 companies around how they were managing and mismanaging the human side of the business. And, uh, and I got a call one day from the MacArthur Foundation. They had heard of some of the work that I was doing, and they, they made an investment to start a, an organization to study um, healthy organizations and how organizations contribute to the health and ultimately the performance of people and how that contributes to the success of those organizations. And, uh, and I got into the field, and it became really clear to me that if we were going to build healthy, high-performance companies, we would have to understand the psychology and the psychopathology or the dysfunction of leaders because leaders either shed light 
or they cast darkness or shadows on their organization, and that has a huge impact on the health of people and ultimately the performance of a company. And so I basically, that was my started journey, and, uh, and that led to uh, interviews with now 300 CEOs around the world. Oh, that's so exciting. We're, we're uh, just chewing at the bit to hear more. We'll be right back after this break, and you're listening to Leadership Development News with our guest, Dr. Robert Rosen. Talk about his money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. There's a purpose revolution sweeping the world. Now more than ever before, in the midst of so many things they could do, people are asking what they should do. Since 1991, John Stanko has been helping people all over the world answer these questions. Now John is bringing his purpose message and philosophy to Voice America, where you will hear from people of purpose like John, who have found what they were created to do. Join John and his guests from around the world every week on his show, Your Purpose Quest, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Eastern. Right here on Voice America. The Internet's only all business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're interviewing Dr. Robert Rosen, author of Just Enough Anxiety, his new book, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And Bob is the founder and CEO of Healthy Companies International, a uh, D.C.-based research and education and consulting firm. 
So before the break, uh, Bob, you were telling us a little bit about your background and how you got into the field. And one of the questions we like to ask the guests are, who are some of your uh, major influences in your life? Well, what a great question. Well, I think in my in my life, I have learned a great deal from going out and talking to real-world CEOs around the world. I've done maybe 300 face-to-face interviews now in about 40 countries, uh, heads of Canon and Toyota and Singapore Airlines in Asia and Deutsche Bank and ING, Cadbury, Swepps, Ericsson in Europe and Coca-Cola and Kodak in this country. And, and I find that each person, male or female, teaches me something different about leadership. You know, none of them have all of the elements of great leadership, but they all have something special. And if you can talk to them and pull the yarn and really get them to talk about something that they feel very passionate about, um, and, and, and that's really how I've learned about leadership. And most of my writing and most of my coaching and work is sort of threading together all of this best thinking and best practice so that we create some models about what great leaders do building winning companies. Well, one of the things one of the things that has shown up over and over again is that the really successful people uh, develop three kinds of intelligence: psychological intelligence, which is deep understanding of themselves and other people; business intelligence, which is really how do you um, how do you run a great world class company; and then cultural intelligence, which is how do I understand the national culture that I come from, if I'm Swedish or Japanese or American, and then how do I understand the cultures of others in a global marketplace? And my evolution, really, my 20s was about psychological intelligence, my 30s was about business intelligence, and then the last 10 years has really been about cultural intelligence and trying to integrate it inside my own self. That's amazing. It's funny, as you're talking about that, I was just thinking... My experience might be cultural, then business, now psychological. Isn't that interesting? Because you both, oh yeah, you both are are trained clinical psychologists. And I think if I'm if I'm correct, Bob, you have been an assistant clinical professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at the George Washington University School of Medicine. Is that still the case? Yeah, that's right. And I still do grand rounds from time to time and keep a toe in. Uh, in the, the the psychopathology, if you will, or the psychiatry or clinical psychology of the field. But uh, as we talk about my new book, uh, I really started looking at anxiety as a, as a positive and powerful force in our lives, and that really grew um, from a lot of these interviews with CEOs. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. I just want to ask you, what's the most useful learning that you've passed on the most given the history we just talked about. Yeah. Well, you know, there are a couple things that that have shown up over the 20 years of of interviews and consulting. One is that if you think of 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 a company, a leader, a CEO, having four strategic agendas that they have to manage, the finance agenda, which is all about the money side of the business, the marketplace, which is all about the customer's, the operations agenda, which is how do they make their business work, knowledge management, how they run a factory, how they produce their product, and then the human agenda, which is the leadership and the culture and the environment, the values, everything that we care about. And one of the things that I've learned is that the very best leaders 
drive their business, drive that value chain by starting with the human agenda. And it is the leading indicator of the business. And that drives the operations agenda, which drives the marketplace. And the finance agenda, the money, is really just the scorecard for measuring success. And so they have a mental model inside of their heads that says, if I'm going to grow a great company, if I'm going to create value, if I'm going to achieve profitable growth, I have to make a powerful investment in the human side of my business on day one. And so the Art Collins at Medtronic and, 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 and the, the, the Rizabora Kakus at, at Canon and the, the Todd Stitzers at Cadbury Swepps, these are people who understand that people drive their business. We give a lot of lip service to this. And, you know, it's interesting. If you look at Jack Welsh's career, Jack started with an obsession with the finance side of his business and the restructuring of the business. But he ended his career 20 years later realizing that his principal job was the development of other leaders. Mm -hmm. And so he recognized after 20 years that the human agenda drove his business. I think that's the big sort of aha after all these interviews with CEOs. Well, that's good to to hear, especially because we have a lot of leaders, a lot of different organizations who are uh, listening to this. And I know some of the uh, writings about Jack Welch at the end of his career, he was spending, you know, 30 to 50% of his time talking about leadership or teaching leadership so that that agenda that you're talking about really is maximized. Absolutely. Um, You know, uh, Bob, as as we're talking about um, organizations, what do you see today as maybe some of the key uh, challenges of a corporate leader and maybe highlighting some of these 300 CEOs that you've uh, interviewed? Well, you know, I think one of the the greatest challenges um, for for top leaders, for any leader, is that they're leading in a very uncertain time. Uh, and uh, there's more worries about the economy, about life, about the stock market, uh, uh, about energy costs, about terrorism, you name it, about the sustaining success as a business. And we're not very good at leading in a world of uncertainty. We, we sort of see change and uncertainty as dangerous. It makes us anxious. Anxiety is bad. It's a sign of weakness. And so the, the top leaders who I think are doing a great job really know how to lead in a world of uncertainty. I'll give you an example. Uh, I met Alan Mullally uh, 10 years ago he, he, when he was running the Boeing 777 business. He's now the CEO of Ford Motor Company. And uh, two years ago, he decided to take the job. And I asked Alan, why in the world would you take that job? And he said, well, you know, I've always embraced uncertainty, and I've always lived with my anxiety. And so he made a personal balance sheet, and he said, what were the risks and the rewards, the options and the opportunities? And he decided, what a fantastic opportunity to rescue one of America's great business icons, And then he walked into Ford and started asking very provocative questions that created anxiety for some people and actually liberated others to move the company off of sort of a place of complacency. And so here's a leader who is just embracing uncertainty. And I think it's really the number one challenge for leaders today is how do I lead in a world of change? It's amazing. You know, it's interesting as you're speaking, I'm just thinking of, you know, you just mentioned a very... Uh, different competency uh, that uh, that he had that's different 
for successful leaders uh, in their, I want to say, endeavor to be successful today. Because what we saw as competencies in the past may not necessarily be the competencies leaders need in the future. Can you talk a little bit about that? Are the competencies today really any different for successful leaders than you can say maybe in the past? Yeah, I think they are. I mean, one of the things that we've learned over the last 20 years is that, you know, in a knowledge world and a relationship world, emotional intelligence is absolutely key. And so the inspiring and challenging people is so critical. But I think there are two new capabilities that are showing up. One is this change in uncertainty beats, which I'll talk about in a second. And the other is the ability to unleash growth. Growth is a number one priority for CEOs in the world, but they have grown primarily through acquisitions and mergers rather than organic growth. And the leadership mind that nurtures organic growth from the inside out is a very different kind of uh, leader. But let me come back to the, the change in uncertainty piece. When I talk to the CEOs about this, they say things like this. Um, I've got to let go of the notion that there's anything called stability. I can't predict the future from the past. I've got to accept pleasure and suffering, ups and downs of business, and I've got to distinguish between what I can and cannot control. I have, to t- I have to develop a completely different relationship with uncertainty. I have to value change. I have to see anxiety as a positive and powerful force in my life. And I've got to recognize that my job is to lead the organization into the unknown and to help people become comfortable with being uncomfortable so that we can grapple with the unknown and the uncertainty as best we can. That's a new kind of competency. Uh, and, and, it, and it's not easy because it requires that we change our relationship to anxiety. Uh, we've always seen anxiety as bad as a sign of weakness, as an instability. We don't think we can understand it or manage it. So we do one of two things. We either pretend it's not there and we deny and resist the change, or we try to attack it. We try to control it. And both suboptimize the performance of a leader. And that's why I wrote Just Enough Anxiety, because I was hearing over and over again that the great leaders had this ability to live with and create just enough tension inside themselves and for their organizations to maximize the growth and performance. Hence, Just Enough Anxiety. It's amazing. I uh, can't wait to hear more. We're going to come back in a minute to uh, talk more about your new book, Just Enough Anxiety. And this is Leadership Development News. We'll be right back. Money, money, up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. What extremes do you go through just to fit in at work or in your social circle? Give it a thought. An honest thought. Do you dumb down to fit in? Maybe exaggerate your story? Or do you often play the blame game to avoid responsibility? If any of these rings true for you, then you owe it to yourself to tune in to It's Me with Gina and Val. Join us to hear some funny, sometimes serious, yet always effective truth-telling on ourselves and on you to finally break the chains to become a more authentic human being. It's Me with Gina and Val airs every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America channel. The bottom line in business. Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Bob Rosen the CEO of Healthy Companies International. And before the break, we're just talking about anxiety and, and that paradox of if you are truly in control, then you uh, are really uh, adaptable being out of control, kind of a play on words or, like you said, being comfortable being uncomfortable. And um, let's talk a little bit about your book, Just Enough Anxiety. Maybe where did that come from? And, and then we can get into some of the specific principles. Sure, sure. Well, actually, I was doing an interview with the CEO of Ericsson uh, in looking out over the city of Stockholm, which is such a beautiful city, and uh, uh, Lars Rehnquist, and he, he started talking about having healthy anxiety with a destination. And I sort of just sort of let the idea drop. And then for about five years, I had a series of health problems. I'm fine now, but um, it, it really sort of forced me to, to look inward. And uh, uh, when I turned 50, I was in Cambodia, and I was sitting on a mountain reading a book called Comfortable with Uncertainty by a Buddhist nun named mm-hmm. Pema Chodron. And uh, 
uh, and I had this insight, you know, these CEOs were telling me something, that the very best ones were living with and creating just enough anxiety, and I started doing a new series of interviews, and that's where the book grew. It grew out of me, and it grew out of these interviews, and it became clear to me that the very best ones were using anxiety as a positive and a powerful force in their lives, and that's where the book came from. You know, it's amazing. I was just listening to you, and, and of course, Relly knows this. Of course, now our listeners, listeners will know this, but I, too, had some very serious health problems, and um, having also uh, turned 50, I also realized that there are things in life um, that you have to learn to live with, and um, that's where all of my work came from. So it, we just seem to have these bridges. I'm very excited about that. So tell me, what are what are the three faces of anxiety that you write about in your book? Well, the, the cover of the book has a rubber band, and if you stretch it too hard, it breaks, and if you don't stretch it enough, you don't have enough energy. So um, the, the anxiety that we're most familiar with is too much anxiety. Uh, it's the face of fear. It's the tension uh, that we feel inside. And uh, uh, we move back and forth, by the way, between too little and too much and just enough anxiety all the time as people and as leaders. But when we have too much anxiety, we're impatient. We're argumentative. We wear our emotions on our sleeves. We become way too attached to success and trying to control uncertainty, which sometimes you can't control. And we end up building teams that make a lot of mistakes, have morale problems, a lot more stress, and chaotic energy. That's the kind of anxiety we're most familiar with. On the other side of the um, continuum is too little anxiety. Um, now, this is counterintuitive for some people. Like some people say, you're telling me I should feel more rather than less anxiety. But too little anxiety is the face of complacency. It's the belief that the good times will continue. And there's this sort of denial or resistance of change and uncertainty. And when you're in a too little anxiety place, you tend to be uncomfortable with change. You might avoid conflict. You may live in a bubble or avoid difficult emotions, and you tend to build teams that lack a sense of urgency, that fail to confront the tough issues where there's mediocre performance, they're too slow, they're too optimistic, they lack a sense of urgency. So the key is how do you get in the middle? How do you embrace and shape the change and drive and unleash and mobilize human energy and turn the anxiety of something positive and powerful? And I think that's the real challenge for great leaders is how to stay in the middle of that continuum with just enough anxiety. And I imagine what happens, you know, I'm thinking of that may have seen that, that bell-shaped curve that is probably just where the just enough anxiety is, that on the uh, anxiety helps peak performance, but then if there's too much anxiety, then uh, it can take away from performance. But I guess one of the things, and maybe how do you deal with this either in the book or individuals, where everybody's hardwired a little different, which may be just enough anxiety for somebody is way too much anxiety for someone else. Yeah, that's a great point, really. Um, in a sense, we're, we're dealt four cards in the deck of life, our genetics, our personal development with our parents, uh, our, the life experiences that we have and our beliefs and expectations. And you've got to hold your genetic card. You can't give that away. But the other three cards you can work on, particularly your beliefs. And there are certain kinds of beliefs that really feed you. They serve you, like being comfortable being wrong, being honest with your strengths and your shortcomings, getting comfortable with conflict, 
the Buddhist notion of recognizing that life is about pleasure and it's about suffering and just embrace that. Um, versus the mind that has to be right all the time, that tends to avoid conflict, that you need to be admired or happy at every moment. You can't make mistakes. So how you think has a huge impact on how you live with and create anxiety in your life. That that is so true. As you're talking, I can't help um, but also think about the positive aspects of once you face the anxiety and you look at what you've been dealt, how you change those things. And I think in your book you talk about what is realistic optimism and how does, how does somebody develop a realistic optimism, a view of the world that's more in balance. Well, you know, it starts, I think, with developing an open mind, being self-aware, committed to learning, um, and the like, and an open heart, which is to be very comfortable with the full range of your emotions. And that enables you to live with just enough anxiety, which is a positive thing. And by doing that, you're able to master three paradoxes of leadership. And the first one you mentioned is realistic optimism. It's about being honest, completely, brutally honest about what's really going on around you your strengths and shortcomings, the market, customers, your competitors, what's working and not working in the business, but at the same time being hopeful and aspirational and optimistic about what's possible. I remember doing an interview with Alan Lafley at Procter & Gamble, and he talked about how um, they needed to champion creativity and innovation. Now, they make things like razors and toothbrushes and things like that, and so they had to change the way they make mops change the way they make these commodities, yet they have this one page that every leader, every team leader at every level manages, which are all the goals of the corporation translated to their level, and they rate the goals as red, yellow, or green. And so they're always looking at reality in terms of how the business is performing, but they have this very positive and optimistic view, and that's realistic optimism. It's that first paradox of just enough anxiety. And when I saw that, Bob, it, it sounded like uh, the Stockdale paradox that Jim Collins writes about. You know, and he he was he was saying when they said who were the prisoners who died the uh, quickest, he said, "Oh, that's easy. That those are the optimists." Versus, kind of, I think what you're describing is a realistic optimist. You know, they're not going to get out by Christmas. They may not get out by Easter, but they were really able to, to you know be realistic, and those are the ones who were able to survive more. Right, and, and if the realism becomes too cynical, too short-term focused, it creates too much anxiety for people. And when the optimism becomes too grandiose, too idealistic, too out of touch with how the business is working or what's possible, then it creates too little anxiety in the organization. So the question is, how do you stay in the middle with realism and optimism together? It's one plus one is three in the middle, and it's a very powerful leadership motivator. Now, let me ask you, you you have these 400 tools, and you said that these are tools that you use after you've done some on-site work, and it helps people kind of frame something. Um, They're easy-to-use tools, things that they can um, have as maybe just-in-time tools. Do the three faces of anxiety and the realistic optimism, um, do they have tools so that people can recognize whether they have these competencies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, our business is helping CEOs and top executives uh, build winning, high-performance, healthy companies. 
And uh, part of that process is helping leaders at all levels develop the the, the skills that they need. And uh, we've created now 400 just-in-time assessments, how-tos, best practices, and we have a whole just-enough anxiety toolkit that teaches the paradoxes, teaches how to develop an open mind and an open heart. And the, the, the book actually is written with a lot of these assessments and how-tos embedded in it because I think people need to learn that way. Um, they need to learn on the run when they're going into a meeting or going into a conversation, and they want to learn from other successful leaders, and they want to learn through self-reflection, and they also need some skills, some tools for some new behaviors for trying things, for experimenting. So uh, we've moved our business into this area, and it seems to be useful for managers at all levels. How can people reach you? What, what is the best way to get to you and your tools? Sure. Uh, through two websites. One is uh, healthycompanies.com, and the other one is uh, just enough anxiety one word, dot com, and uh, basically explains how to get to it. And we uh, coaches use the tools and managers use the tools and the like. Um, the other two paradoxes um, in the book are constructive impatience. Uh, that's an interesting paradox because it really says a leader's got to create a respectful, appreciative, trusting environment. But at the same time, they have to always be raising the bar, always challenging people to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's that combination of the two. And if you don't create that constructive environment, when you push people, you never have their commitment or there'll be too much fear in the environment. And then the third one is confident humility. And uh, this is really about being true to your values, being comfortable with your personal power, um, truly being confident, because everybody likes working for a confident leader, but not arrogant, because that creates too much anxiety. And then humility, which is listening and learning from others. But you can't turn the humility into self-doubt because that creates too little anxiety for people. And so how do you find that confidence and humble humility in the middle? And those are the three paradoxes. It's amazing. We'll come right back and talk a little bit more about some of these uh, competencies around anxiety in just a minute with Leadership Development News. Sell, buy, buy, sell. All we talk about is money. Talk to an expert. Call now. now. Toll free 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? 
you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Hey, how you doing? Educational videos, top quality, right here. You'll never hear anyone selling education on the street. But with free family learning programs, you can get the education you need. Call 1-877-FAMLIT-1 for information on free learning programs. 1-877-FAMLIT-1. Check it out, check it out. Your GED right here, guaranteed, ma. Come on, check it out. Free family learning programs from the National Center for Family Literacy. Brought to you by the National Center for Family Literacy and the Ad Council. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing the Journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcasting every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Riley Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. This is our last segment. We're interviewing Dr. Bob Rosen, who just came out with his book, Just Enough Anxiety, that we're going to get into some of the uh, the tips. And I think, Bob, um, the concepts are, are fascinating, and especially then the uh, 400 tools and stuff. Maybe you can give us an idea of how, how would a leader put some of these ideas of just anxiety to work for themselves or maybe for their team or their organization that they're leading. Sure, really. Happy to do that. Uh, I think the first thing is to we have to change our relationship with change and uncertainty, which I've been talking about here, and to not be scared of it, to really recognize that we've been doing it our whole lives. And and that involves um, becoming uh, comfortable uh, embracing the unknown. I mean, when you see life as an adventure, not to be blown off course by the winds of change, and to befriend our anxiety, to get comfortable with it, uh, to, to course correct, turn up the heat or turn down the heat inside ourselves and for other people when we have to, and to distinguish what we can and can't control, um, to be fully present in the moment. It's those sort of psychological issues that really help us understand and manage our anxiety. Then I think we then need to figure out how to use the right amount of anxiety on our team. So, for example, if you are... Uh, want to be a realistic and optimistic leader, um, uh, be flexible, yet focused on what you want. Um, be aware and also wary about what you know. 
Uh, balance facts and figures with your imagination. Uh, be objective and optimistic about what you believe, but tell the truth. Be very practical and honest about what actually exists. And so there's certain ways of believing that really changes the environment. Um, uh, constructive impatience is about setting stretch goals, but making sure that people are bought into those goals. Not be afraid of conflict. Um, conflict can be a very powerful thing, but you have to both balance winning with win-win solutions that, that work for everybody, and then to balance urgency with the right timing for introducing decisions or stretch goals for people. And so uh, it's sort of how we believe, how we uh, think and also how we behave becomes very important. Um, most of our assignments start at the top. We, we coach the CEO. We're involved in uh, large-scale change initiatives with the executives over, over multiple years, and it's generally around the human strategy of the business. Um, uh, and, and every CEO defines the human strategy differently. Some people say it's their leadership agenda. Some people say it's about human capital. Others have a good to great initiative. Some of them are trying to build a winning performance culture. Uh, we've worked with ING in Amsterdam, and they have done a great job of championing their whole change effort um, in terms of building a winning performance culture. And each manager is evaluated in terms of how well they are doing that um, with, a, with a dashboard uh, of, of metrics around the human side of business. So every company, every leader leads with a different language, a different mindset, but it all comes back to the point that I made earlier, and that is that success, long-term success, is driven off of your ability to master the leading indicators of the business, the leadership, the culture, the human side of the organization. As you're talking, Bob, I can't help but uh, think about the many people who are listening who would love to know how, how you get engaged. Is it an operational issue? Does it have to be a large change initiative? Is it perhaps an individual climate situation that a new leader is dealing with? How do you get involved in a client engagement? Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Kath. Uh, I think, uh, like with any good business, you have to start with where the customer is. And generally, the, the, the top executive uh, sees the world in a certain way. They have a certain philosophy, a certain mental model for how you create success. Uh, um, I had a meeting last week with a top executive um, who the real challenge of their business, it's a, ba a large bank, a banking company, is how do, you, how do we make money in a world of uncertainty? And so how do they uh, create um, a capability inside of their organization that teaches their bankers and their investment advisors to lead in a world of change? lead in a, in a world of uncertainty. So starting with the philosophy, the mindset, and also the burning platforms of the company. Um, another company we worked with, uh, uh, the, the company was losing its critical foreman in their factories, and so they had to rethink their entire human capital strategy from the top. So start with the philosophy of the leader and the burning platform of the business, and then bring the knowledge of behavioral science to those problems and to those people so that they can create solutions that work for them. Outstanding. 
You know, Bob, I have a, a, a practical question just maybe about the dashboard. And accountability is always an issue, especially around human uh, aspects. Any thoughts on maybe tips or things you do about holding people accountable to some of the human uh, changes that they're, they're dealing with? What have you found yeah. successful? That's a great question, too. Um, we've created a, a scan, uh, a dashboard, if you will, for organizations uh, around the three drivers that seem to show up over and over again uh, for success. One is, um, does the company have a sense of shared direction in its vision, its values, its strategy, its goals? Are people talking from the same song sheet? Two is, is there a culture of performance excellence in the decisions and the accountability and the processes and the like? And then thirdly, is it developing the human capital side of the business, the leadership, the learning, the talent management, uh, the teamwork and the like? And you can measure those leading indicators on a scale from at-risk to mediocre to solid to winning and to really assess where you are as a company and to have each operating unit assess themselves on those leading indicators and hold people accountable, build them into the performance management systems and the compensation systems, and in a sense manage the human side with the same rigor and the same, uh, the same clarity uh, that we manage the rest of the business. And uh, fortunately, as a field, we're maturing and we're able to put some metrics to the intangible side of the business, and each day we collectively get better at doing that. It's amazing that uh, you've taken some very difficult uh, concepts, dimensional concepts, and you have created a set of tools and uh, sounds like a, a blueprint, a roadmap that people can follow to measure those things, which is what we all need mm-hmm. inside of organizations where we're holding people accountable nowadays, not only for ROI, but ROP, return on people. And I really think if people thought about the talent management aspects of getting performance from people versus investments in dollars, we'd all be so much better. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I wrote Just Enough Anxiety, because it was so clear that organizations have plenty of it, and it is a huge energy if they can turn it into productive energy. And, uh, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, the other big driver in organizations is growth. Uh, We're just finishing up on a book that's coming out in March called Cracking the Growth Code, and it's about how do leaders unleash the organic growth inside their business, and are growth leaders different from regular leaders? And we found we did a project with the Darden School at the University of Virginia Business School, and we found absolutely they are. And, uh, you know, maybe we can talk about that in, in the future. Next go-around. Well, tell us uh, right now, um, Just Enough Anxiety, is that uh, where can people get a hold of that? They can get a hold of it at 1-800-CEO-READ or Amazon.com and, or Barnes and & Noble and Borders. And uh, it's got a big rubber band on the front and uh, lots of stories and uh, lots of uh, little tips and assessments. And, uh, and I love feedback on the book, too, because it's, uh, it's a very personal book. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you with us today. And we will look forward to reading your new book and having you back. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob.
You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.